Jim. Raging Review. The Raging Cajuns will be a source of pride for this university, for the alumni, fans, and donors as we achieve success in the classroom, in the competitive arena, and in the community. It's about to get really fun. We're looking for dudes that will stand up. Well, Coach, let me tell you today, I'm here and I'm ready to stand up. And I challenge you, Raging Cajun Nation, to stand up with us. Stand up with us. Let's lock hand in hand and let's walk through the gates of Omaha. Hey, I love y'all boys. Let's grind every day starting today. Let's do it. Y'all ready? Alert! Alert! Ready! Who's that team ready? Who's that team ready? That's up! I got one thing to say right here. Can you win? Ladies and gentlemen, children, babies. Cajun Nation, good evening. I'm Jerry, that's Nick, and uh, we have one guy missing tonight, our buddy Josh, a.k.a. Man About Town. He's uh, a little under the weather, so he'll be taking the night off, so wish me luck. I'll be steering this train as we talk about a game week against the Southern Miss Golden Eagles. We'll review a little bit about Arkansas State first, but uh, (laughs) five-day week, quick turnaround. Lots to talk about tonight. We also have our guests from Southern Miss Everyday Eagles podcast. Uh, We have Mr. Chuck McRaney and Mr. Lane Brady that will be joining us in a few minutes to discuss this game on Thursday. As I call it, rivalry renewed. It's good to have the Golden Eagles in the Sunbelt Conference with us. But first, let me introduce you, Mr. Nick Domang. How are you, sir? What's happening, G? Look, man, I think think today snuck up on all of us. You know, with Josh (laughs) being on injured reserve this week, with uh, a short week for us, uh, with everything going on, I think I think this <laughs> this one was kind of put together at last minute. So uh, you, we're gonna get some. We're probably gonna have some kinks this episode, but you know what? It comes with the territory. We can't be perfect every week, right? No, it can't be perfect every week, and it's nothing. There's nothing wrong with a uh, crash course every once in a while, right? So that's what we'll do. So everybody, just bear with me here. Uh, I'm gonna try to steer this thing into the right direction. But let's get started. Uh, you know, we've had a long talk the other night about the Arkansas State win. Uh, Cajuns took care of business, won their second straight game, uh, went back to 500 in conference, four and three overall. Uh, big victory at Cajun Field this past Saturday, 38 to 18 over the Red Wolves. And, you know, I think this was the time where we're starting to see the team click and really click at the right time. Um, ben Woldridge, unbelievable game, 21 of 34. I believe he threw for over 300 yards, five TDs, no interceptions. Uh, we had four of our running backs got Got 11 to 12 touches, four to five yards of carry, 206 yards on the ground. Receiving core, created separation, defense, made some big key stops. Um, Just talk a little – what what did you think about the game Saturday, Nick? Like I said, I know we talked about it, but just to kind of put some closure to to Arkansas State, uh, I would say it's a pretty good setup for Thursday night. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, overall it was just execution. It was execution by the coaching staff. Obviously, uh, obviously, Ben had an outstanding game. Uh, I think received some much praise from the Sunbelt Conference and others around the country for his five touchdown game. I think his QB rating was like 186. It was stupid. Um, 
really offensive line started to grow up a little bit. I think the last couple of games really showed uh, versus Arkansas State. And I think it was a game that we needed going into Southern Miss because we're going into into Southern Miss where they have momentum. They've got a home game. I'm sure they're going to have a rowdy crowd. We're going to talk a little bit about them having off. I, mean, I think they're canceling classes on Thursday, which is yeah. unbelievably awesome by the university <laughs> supporting their football team that much. Um, but I think that's a testament to uh, coming into the Sun Belt, wanting to be here and getting some national attention. They're not playing on on gas station TV anymore. They're actually playing on on ESPN two, um, and and it's you know people there will be eyes on the game. So I think that's uh, exciting for them, exciting for us. But we needed a good solid performance going into that game, and I, I think it showed a lot about again the improvement through the season, the maturity uh, at the quarterback position, the maturity of of the offensive line, and what can we say more about our defense that is just rocking it so far this season and they continue to dominate. So um, we'll talk stats. We'll talk about the game next week. But overall, a great start to uh, what I think is going to be uh, uh, hopefully a very exciting and and happy uh, end of the season, or, or should I say second half of the season? Yeah, and Coach Desimo alluded to it a few times. He did say we are getting better. He did say that he hopes that this team, he knows this what this team is capable of. And he also said that by the end of the season, he hopes we can look back and and enjoy what we were able to 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 accomplish at by the end of the year which means at, at this point that would mean we would have to make a run moving forward and i think this team is ripe for it uh to be honest with you i think we're catching southern miss at a very crucial time because look the golden eagles are on a roll too two straight wins two come back come from behind wins one on the road one against arkansas state uh will hall's doing a fantastic job over there as we we know coach hall because he coached here for a year He's got good experience and he's, you know, we'll talk, we'll talk with our friends from everyday Eagles in a second, but he's, he's somebody I think that can kind of bring Southern Miss back to that stature that they've known for so long. Um, and so I think going into this game, we needed these last two games going into Southern Miss, especially with the short week, because, because we needed all the momentum we could get going to Hattiesburg. It's a road game. You know, they're having a blackout. There's going to be a lot of people in the stands. And so I think that Arkansas state game solidified what we've been capable of all year. Um, and just we played really good ball all three phases of the game. And so, um, you know, I just figured we put a put it into that um, again. Cajuns victorious over the Arkansas State Red Wolves, 38 to 18. Again, four and three overall, two and two in conference. But now we look forward to Southern Miss on Thursday night. ESPN to 630 Central Standard Time kickoff should be a lot of fun. So, uh with that being said, we'd like to introduce you to Everyday Eagles podcast, a fan podcast of Southern Miss. Here we have Chuck and Lane joining us tonight. Chuck, Lane, what's going on, guys? Thanks for joining what's us. What's up, guys? What's up? We're glad to be here. Thanks for having us. No, thank you all for coming on. Uh, Lane, you had reached out to us, I believe, over the summer. Uh, yeah. You know, right before, I think it was, I don't know if it was before or after USM officially joined the Sun Belt. Um, you know, I, I want to start off by asking you guys now, you know, Southern Miss has been through trials and tribulations when it comes to conference realignment. It's safe to say that, you know, you were in the Metro, you were an independent, you were in the Metro Conference back in the 80s in basketball. You joined Conference USA when it started and you had a few teams that moved on. And I know I've re I remember reading an article about, was it five, 10 years ago about Southern Miss kind of missing the conference realignment talk, but 
I think it all came full circle. You're in the Sunbelt Conference now. You've joined a conference. I mean, we t- look, this was a conference 10 years ago that a lot of people, schools or fans wanted to leave. And now when we have schools like Southern Miss, Marshall, JMU, and ODU wanting to be here, it means a lot to us. And it adds value to what, what our conference is about. Just talk a little bit about being members of the Sunbelt now and, and what – what the fans? What, what's the what was the fan reaction to that? As well as your departure from Conference USA. Well, you know, I'm gonna say that uh, we are super excited to be part of the Sun Belt Conference. Uh, you said earlier rivalry renewed, and that's a huge thing because there are so many schools that are within driving distance and the Sun Belt. When we used to play UTEP and um, FAU and FIU, and they you know they, they were plane rides away. Now they're car rides away. Um, so we are excited to have rivalries renewed, like you said earlier. Um, financially, it just made sense for Southern Miss. Um, you know, COVID was a, a, a beast to a lot of schools. A, a lot of schools lost money. We're saving money now because of travel and things like that. Um, but you're right. I mean, especially especially baseball. Coming in the Sun Belt Conference and baseball is huge. I mean, what can you say about Sunbelt baseball? I mean, like it's to me, it's a it's 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 parallel to that to that three letter SEC. You know, I don't like to talk about them or give them praise, but SBC and SEC are right there in baseball, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I was ecstatic to hear it. It's been a long time coming. It's hard to get excited for you know Middle Tennessee State to come to town. You know what I'm saying? Like we just. It was, we had some fun rivalries originally in Conference USA. And then, you know, all our rivals bolted almost. You know, Memphis left, Tulane left, which, by the oh, way, man. we beat Tulane earlier this year. And you would have thought, I mean, we were throwing a party here in Hattiesburg. We finally beat them again. That's the first time we beat them since they left the conference in football, that is. Uh, mm-hmm. And so just a lot of, you know, Cincinnati was in our conference at one point. You know, mm-hmm. that burned me up watching them. Light it up in football, you know. We used to beat these dudes, and now here they are, you know. <laughs> just we saw the benefit a lot of these teams. UCF was in our conference back in the day, you know. We saw the benefit a lot of teams got from leaving our conference, and there we were still just spinning our wheels playing subpar, you know, games every every Saturday. And it just we were really really fired up at the thought of going to the Sun Belt. We're a football and baseball school. You wouldn't uh-huh. know football right now, but you know, we're we're trying to work back to what we used to be. <laughs> but baseball school, we are definitely a baseball school. Which you guys know that we've been rivals yeah. I feel like forever with y'all. Uh and football school too. We have been in the past and it just makes sense, man. To me, the Sun Belt, not knocking basketball, but to me, the Sun Belt's a football and baseball conference. So it's really established as to, to become that. Um, you know, baseball, we got lucky in many ways. And of course, we always had a history with South Alabama, as you, I mean, obviously, you guys know South Al being a uh-huh. natural rival of yours. We kind of hate them. <laughs> <laughs> not well, kind of. <laughs> well, it's funny because, you know, adding coastal. Adding Coastal uh, back in 2016, the day after they had won the national championship, adding Georgia Southern, um, adding Texas State, who was once in the Southland Conference, especially. So, it's, I mean, baseball, it's, it's, and then now you're adding, now we're adding Southern Miss and, and ODU, especially. Um, I know mm-hmm. you had some, some really tough matchups against ODU and Conference USA, but we're glad you brought it to us instead. Uh, you know, I kind of jumped the gun a little bit. I wanted to ask each of you. 
Um, you know, you two doing a fan podcast like we do at Rage and Review, that means you guys are diehard Golden Eagle fans. Talk a little bit about uh, your fandom. How did you become Southern Miss fans? Uh, what was it about the school that attracted you? Did you go to school there? Are you from Hattiesburg? Talk a little bit about your, your fandom. Go ahead, Chuck. Go All first. right, well. I'm from the big city of Purvis, Mississippi, which is about 10 miles south of Hattiesburg. Um, so I went to Southern Miss, got an undergrad in psychology, a master's in social work, bleed black and gold. Um, some of my best memories are at Southern Miss. Uh, it, it, it was an easy choice, you know. Uh, yeah, my dad was a – he's a Southern Miss alum. My dad went to Southern Miss. I grew up in Laurel. It's about 30 minutes away from campus. Uh, my dad took me to Southern Miss's homecoming game when I was in the fourth grade, and I loved it. And then the next year, I loved it so much he bought season tickets the next year, and we had season tickets every year. I started going to baseball games. I was a diehard fan. I was a football player in high school. I wasn't quite big enough to play at the college level, but I did get the opportunity to be an equipment manager at Southern Miss, and I was an equipment manager throughout my time there. I that would have been 2011 all the way through 2013. Oh, boy, I'm trying to remember this. It would have been something like that. So, anyway, I was there. He's great first, at math. Yeah. I, yeah. My first year there, we went, like, we won the, the conference and had, you know, we had, we had Larry Fedora. Actually, no, my first year there was Fedora's first year. And I was there through Fedora's entire tenure. That My second to last year there was when we – we won a conference championship. We did all that. And then uh and then my last year there was Ellis Johnson's one. No, year. don't we say his name. Little. Why would you say his name? I know. Ooh. So, but yeah, I went to school Beatles. there, went back and got my undergrad from there. Uh so I've paid a lot of money to Southern Miss. So one thing I wanted to ask you guys, and I'm sure the answer is yes. In fact, I I know the answer is yes. I do you guys struggle with and, and and I'm going to back up a second. Your your fan engagement and and the the buy-in from the city of Hattiesburg is unbelievable. And it's something that I'm so jealous of. And I get pissed off when our fans don't show up to our games. And I'm like, if they can do it in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, why can't they do it here? But I, I know you guys face the same struggles as we do with the two SEC schools in your in your neck of the woods. We have one. And 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 you've we've got the fans that will take baby pictures of their newborn in in purple and puke, but then claim to be UL fans. And I'm sure you guys have that same problem. But what do you guys do? Like, I'm trying to understand what you guys do differently that gets the community involved with the program versus our casual fans that sometimes just don't show up for the games. I think it starts at the top. We have we just announced our 11th president, Dr. Joe Paul who bleeds black and gold. Like you said earlier, he's canceling classes for the students to be able to come to the game and get prepared for the game. Education is important, and he says that, but so is engagement. you know. And then Jeremy McLean, who's just a phenomenal athletic director and, and his supporting staff. And then our coaches, man. Our coaches are in the community. Scott Barry, you know, if he sees you out in a restaurant, he'll, he'll stop and talk to you. Will Hall's the same way. I mean, these guys don't act like they're too good to sit down and have a meal with you or have a beer. Or, um, like these are good people that want to support Southern Miss. And I, I think that's part of it. Um, I, I don't think where we, none of us are where we want to be at Southern Miss either, but we're on the way. I really believe that. 
There's still a lot of state no Miss shirts that make their way in the stadium, and I don't understand yeah. it. Dude, I got to tell you, I went to a baseball game there a couple of years ago. Um, I've been several times, but but it was a it was a midweek series, and I show up and they have some guy with a Southern Miss shirt on and an LSU cap, and I'm like, bro, <laughs> yeah. that was probably like, I saw Tyler. it in the regional. They were doing it's that like, in the regional. Like, what are you doing, bro? Like, <laughs> no. like that's a big when no. You ask, for us. When you ask a person who's like, now I'm not trying to like, I've got a lot of friends who are fans of those other ones, but. I mean, they know how I feel, so it is what it is. Uh, a lot of them will say, like, I went to Southern Miss, so I support them, but I grew up a fan of this school, and I I don't really understand it. I don't get it. Um, you know, I think, you know, you mentioned you guys have the same problem with it. I will, I will mention this. There was a beautiful meshing of Southern Miss and Lafayette fans around the regional. I don't know if y'all remember that, but when we were hosting LSU – Y'all's fan boards were all about Southern Miss, and we, in turn, shoot, man, I was watching y'all like, beat, beat the Aggies, man, let's go, you know, I was cheering for y'all. It was just, it was pretty cool, it was all, all over y'all's mutual hate of LSU, but, you know, we take, we'll take we take it anyway. You can cheer for us because you hate the other team, too, that's fine. Right, so, yeah. But, like we, uh, you know, we, we run into that same problem, too. I think something that helps – our fan base is we've got a lot of people who went to Southern Miss who still live close enough to Hattiesburg to come to games. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a pretty cool thing there, too. There's a lot of, like, the Gulf Coast has a lot of Southern Miss people. The Hattiesburg area, Hattiesburg's a pretty it's a pretty decent-sized city, and there's a lot of little outskirts from Hattiesburg. And most people that live in Hattiesburg went to Southern Miss. So – um, the football attendance isn't where we want it to be right now. Um, it actually came out after the first game of the season. Our head coach said he was disappointed in the crowd, like, and how many people showed up. That was met with some scrutiny, but he did say it. Yeah. Um, so and he, he said right. what we were all thinking, yeah. the people that yeah. were there. But, um, you know, baseball, for whatever reason, well, I'll say everyone loves Scott Berry. Everyone's all about Scott Berry, and he's earned that. He's a great coach and very personable guy. Um, so I think our fan base, we pack out the Pete a lot faster than we pack out the Rock right now. Uh-huh. Now, back it up to like early 2000s, the Rock was packed. You know, we we went through that skid where we had some bad losing seasons and we're still recovering from that a little bit. So, you know, it's funny because I, I grew up in New Orleans. So, I you know, Southern Miss, especially when Tulane was in Conference USA, Southern Miss was the game circled on the Tulane calendar every year, especially oh, yeah. when the, the Golden Eagles would go to the Superdome and play. And I just remember, and unfortunately as a Cajuns fan, it, it's kind of like the opposite. It's like a 180. So, like, recently we've experienced a lot of success. We've been in the top 25. We were kind of what Southern Miss was in the late 90s, right? Uh-huh. Right. And it's a reversed a little bit because I know you guys are kind of coming back on the up and up. Like you said, Lane, you had a few of those down years, but I remember the Jeff Bauer years and I hated playing you guys because we were, I mean, here we are trying to like survive as a football program. Here you are, you go play Nebraska, you go play Florida, you go beat Alabama, you go beat all these teams. (laughs) And then here comes little old the raging Cajuns, like, you know, with a one and eight record coming to Hattiesburg and and we were just hoping to win the coin toss. And it was (laughs) unbelievable because what was impressive about it was how a mid-major university like Southern Miss could be that 
dominant in football, uh-huh. especially when you're 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 in a state with two SEC teams. You got LSU right down the road. That you know Auburn and Alabama. I mean those two schools, and you know everybody talks about Brett Favre, and I'm sure you get tired of hearing it, right? I mean I know Brett, especially Favre, right now. Especially <laughs> right, right. Ooh, I didn't get tired of hearing it till a couple I'm months ago. Right? Yeah, right. Well, yeah, right. But it's just it, it gets you know it's it, you know everybody knows. Yeah, you know, we say Southern Miss football. You think Brett Favre, but mm-hmm. I think of Jeff Bauer. That that's mm-hmm. those are that was my childhood and seeing seeing some of the talent that came out of there, and so. You know, I was kind of wondering, you know, with that type of success that Southern Miss had in football during those years and seeing what happened like during the Ellis Johnson years and what was it Jay was it Jay Hobson, I believe it was. Yeah, uh, Jay Hobson. Before Will. So, well, we had Ellis Johnson, then Todd Munkin, who's the OC at Georgia right now. Yeah. Yeah. And then we had uh Jay Hobson. And then we had a little when Jay Hobson left, we had two different head co- we had three different head coaches in one year two years ago. They were uh, all interims. They were interims. Yeah, they were interims. So Jay got fired after week one against South Alabama, and then they promoted Scotty. Uh, what was his last name? Scotty Walden. Scotty Walden. They promoted him, and then after, a co- but he was just the interim. And after a few weeks, he got hired at Austin P. So he left midseason, and then they promoted Tim Billings to the head coaching role. And so they went through three head coaches right before they hired Will Hall. I mean, it just yeah. – there was a lot of turnover up at the top. Um, we just – we struggled a lot during that time. Uh, you know, we – Bauer, for whatever reason, they got rid of Bauer, and Larry Fedora came in, and Fedora took the program to heights that it had not seen in a while. Like that year we won the conference championship – we knocked out Houston and kept them from a BCS game. I've got – shoot, I've got the ring somewhere in the <laughs> But so, we knocked them out. And it was just I, a huge thing. We were number 19 in the country. It was big. It was like unheard of territory for us. And then, uh, you know, and then he leaves. We go 0-12. And, and then we hire Munkin. And it's like a two-year rebuild under Munkin. And then he rebuilds it and then he leaves. And then we bring in Hobson, and then we fired Hobson and went through multiple coaches, and now we're on to Will Hall. And we love Will Hall. I mean, Will Hall is a – he's the man. We love him. And so, hopefully – you know, I think Southern tried to find a second Bauer. They tried to find a guy who never would leave, who would just be a, a Southern Miss guy and just stay there for ever, you know. And then uh, – and we might have that with Hall. I don't know. I don't mind being a stepping stone school. We were kind of a stepping stone school for Munkin and for uh, Fedora. I was fine with that. We won a lot of games as a stepping stone school. So, you know, it just kind of – we've gone – it's had its ups and downs. Uh, we're happy with where we're at right now. Um, definitely could be better right now. But, you know, I think Hall's doing what he can with what he's got. Yeah, he's he's done a fantastic job. Um, I, I was I wanted to say I, I remember watching that Houston Southern Miss uh, championship game in 2011. Um, I believe, K- yeah, Casey Keenum was the quarterback. And believe it or not, I if I'm not mistaken, if Houston would have won that game, they were going to the Sugar Bowl. Sugar right. Bowl. I mm-hmm. think that's where they were going, and you guys punched them in the mouth. I think Kevin yeah. Sumlin was the coach, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. He was. Kevin yeah. Sumlin was a coach, so. And I was a ball boy on the sideline that night. 
So I might have, I might have saw you on TV then, man. Probably and, did. And, I was a little yeah, skinnier back then. <laughs> and then after that, I believe uh, Larry Fedora he took the job in North Carolina after that. Right. Yes. Yeah. He so did. so that's that's kind of what I was alluding to. So you go from Bauer to Fedora, and then Ellis Johnson comes in, and all of it is just washed away in one year. How? Yeah. how first of all, how did that happen? And the second the second question I have is, how have the fans because Southern has a loyal fan base. How have the fans kind of rode that roller coaster ride over the last decade? Have people fallen off the bandwagon? Are they still riding tight? What, like, what's the vibe amongst the Southern Miss fan base right now, especially with Will Hall trying to kind of resurrect the program to what it was before? Uh, to answer the how did that happen, there was a change in a lot of cultural stuff back then and there was a change in like the weight program there's a change in just a lot of stuff um the coaching staff came in uh we had an oc hired and within before the season started he had to leave for medical issues or something and so someone else got promoted to oc and he was he's a good coach like i'm not knocking them for it but there were just some unforeseen circumstances and then the season started so keep in mind when we when we knocked off Houston that year, we had an NFL quarterback. We had Austin Davis at quarterback. Now, he played in the NFL several years, and he's was a coach for a while. He's the one that went to Auburn and left after a few weeks. Two weeks, it was kind yeah. of a crazy thing. But Austin Davis was our quarterback back when we were knocking people off like that. Jamie Collins was on that team. He's still playing in the league. So we had some really good players on that team. And then the next year, so – Week one, all right, I'll put it this way. We had three different quarterbacks get hurt. So didn't have quarterbacks, you know, and they weren't like just, oh, he's dinged up. It was like torn ACL, you know, broke whatever, concussion, all that stuff, you know. And so we were kind of in a quarterback bind there. We lost some games early. Against Nebraska, we played them close the first game of the season. Like it didn't start out terrible, but we started losing games. We lost some players to – to injury and before you know it it just snowballed on me you know and that's that's kind of what happened I you can't really place the blame on I mean a lot of people do but you can't really place the blame on just coaches or just players it was kind of just the whole program just took a nosedive after a few tough losses early and the fan base it took them a while to recover I feel like we kind of recovered with Munkin you know, I can remember being at some Louisiana Tech games. We knocked them out of the conference championship picture and stuff, and our fan base was going nuts. We were there. It was it was packed with Southern Miss. We were loud. We were getting all over them. Uh, we also don't like Louisiana Tech either. So that's in there with South Carolina. We share that. What a coincidence. Yeah. Did we just right. become best friends? That- yeah, I know, right? It's crazy. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, so we had some – we had some stuff like that happen. We, we've had some sparks of life. And then, you know, as good as our fan base is at times, when you play in a conference that was subpar with bringing in good opponents, which Conference USA, it got to the point, Conference USA, our opponents weren't bringing out the crowd. I guess that's the best way to put it. You weren't going to – we weren't going to compete with the other teams that were in driving distance. Nobody's going to choose to come mm-hmm. see us play – a team that no one cares about. And instead of driving over to Baton Rouge or driving up to Starkville or Oxford for a game, you know, and so that we kind of ran into that. Hopefully Sunbelt fixes it. I think it will, you know, especially 
if we can turn around and have some more success, I think I think it's on the I think it's on the up, and I think the Sun Belt move was a big part of that. So Chuck might have a different opinion there. Go ahead, Chuck. I always say the reason we went 0-12 is because we hired an SEC coach. Have you ever noticed the SEC doesn't even do that? LSU goes and gets uh, Brian Kelly from Notre Dame. They go get Kevin Sumlin from Houston. They, I mean, like, they don't even <laughs> hire their own SEC. So um, I'm not just hating on SEC. But Lane's right. It was a, it was a perfect storm. Um, I'll just I'll just leave it at that. I don't want to bash people. I'm bash away, man. We do it's it. It's still a it's, sensitive it's, subject. It is. <laughs> We're still healing. If it's an SEC school, bash all you bash want. Away. So before before I get to to the next question, um, going back to Louisiana Tech hate, SEC hate. Look, if if you guys want to piss off a Louisiana Tech or LSU or SEC fan, call us Louisiana. If you want to piss us off, call us Lafayette. I'll just leave it at that. Um, <laughs> before we um, we turn it over to to you know the the game next week and 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 where you guys stand in the belt and where we stand in the belt and, and talk about more current items. I want to give you guys a chance to ask us about about our program because, of course, you guys are our guests and we're asking you all these questions. But you guys are new as well to the Sun Belt, so I figured you might have something that you wanted to uh, to ask us about about being in the Sun Belt or or our program at all. Just open it up to you guys. Yeah, uh, if you don't mind talking baseball for just a second, uh, somebody asked me the other day and I didn't know the answer. Um, where do they do the baseball championship or the conference tournament? Where is that held? So they signed the Sun Belt recently signed. I think it, I don't know if it's a five year agreement or so. It's going to be in Montgomery, Alabama. Um, okay. They they it was originally it used to be at different stadiums or different sites, um, but the Sun Belt. I think it was between Pensacola and Montgomery, and I think Pensacola had you know they they've got the Blue Wahoos playing there, and I think there was a schedule conflict, so they decided to go with Montgomery. Um, so it's, it's more of a central location. So they decided okay. to just kind of stick with that. Now, after five years, I don't know where they're going to go after that, but right now it's in Montgomery. So it's, it's a driving distance. I'm sure from Hattiesburg, it's about what a two and a half, two hour, two and a half hour drive. Probably like that. about that. Probably yeah. Two, three so, hours. so no, the, I mean, that, that's one thing I'll say, like for you guys being in the Sun Belt, like you talked about driving distance, you're three and a half hours away from us. You're what about another three or four hours away from Troy. You're maybe an hour and a half away from mobile. Right. I mean, it, it, you're, you're about five or six hours from Jonesboro. It, it's, it's fantastic. I mean, it, yeah. it, it's really, I think Southern miss of all teams when it comes to geography hit the jackpot, especially in the, in the, in the Sunbelt Western division. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I was going to say it helps with recruiting as well for every sport. That includes baseball too. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, but uh, the short answer is Montgomery. Yeah. Well, if Southern Miss, if everything works out, we live in a Walgreens world. What is Southern Miss going to have to do to win against y'all on Thursday night? Pray for a miracle. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, if it, it, Jerry. We walked if, into that, didn't we, Chuck? Yeah. <laughs> All right. No, look, um, and, and we'll we'll get into detail, I'm sure, Jerry yeah. and I, in a second more. Um, but But big picture, what I think you guys are going to have to do is have good quarterback play because I think we're – we're matched up well both defensively. I think our both of our defenses are elite, not just in the G5, but I think in, in all of the FBS football. It'll be which team can move the ball downfield. And and again, we'll talk about it in a little bit. I think you guys may have an issue at quarterback with with a turnover issue. Um, and I think if if our defensive defense, our cornerbacks are as aggressive as they typically are every game, 
uh, it might be a long night for you guys. But yeah. if if he's able to uh, if he's able to to correct that, then I think uh, I, I think it'll it, it'll be close. So, uh, Jerry, your thoughts? Yeah, I think one thing that the Golden Eagles have going for them is, is your defense is on fire right now. But on the other hand, so is ours. So I think this is a game of field position. Um, Special teams, I think, is going to play a big role. Uh, You know, Frank Gore Jr. has been pretty much – he's been the locomotive of your offense. He's been the Mm -hmm. engine of your offense. He's going to have to have a good game. Um, And also, too, for us – and this happened in Monroe. I mean, you want to talk about forgetting a memory of us losing to ULM a few weeks ago. We had some some bad turnovers in, in ULM territory or in our own territory, which gave ULM the ball inside the red zone. Cannot do that on Thursday night against Southern uh-huh. Miss. Cannot do that, especially being on the road. So really a lot of it is, you know, if you force us to make mistakes offensively, if your defense is able to keep us off the field, and if Frank Gore Jr. has a good game, and if your quarterback play is good, because um, look, I watched your highlights against Tulane, and one thing I noticed that was very unusual for for Southern's offense is you threw the ball very, very well that night. It was one of those games where uh, you're looking, and I'm sure you guys were looking going, wait a minute, where has this been, right? right. Because, you know, you you're you rely a lot on the run game too. Um, I think that is going to be a factor uh, this 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 Thursday night if you can throw on us. Um, but really, it, it's kind of like Nick. I don't know about you, but I think I kind of think like it's like the Marshall game when we played Marshall a few weeks ago. It's really going to be about field position and who can play the better defense. That's going to be the big key, and, and really, that's why I think this game is so even, evenly matched. We're so yeah. much alike. So. Also, too, you're going to need the home crowd to get behind you. I mean, yeah. if, if if Southern Miss is letting out of school or not having school that day, the students show up and the fans are excited, the Rock's going to have to be literally rocking to 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 throw our game off. That's another – the crowd plays a role in that as well. Right. Yeah, Chuck, so I want to ask you – I want to kind of turn it back on you. Again, we have two elite defenses of, in FBS. What concerns you – on defense going into the game, if anything, I mean, you might say there's nothing that concerns me. We're going to absolutely shut you guys down, but is is there anything, any defensive, I guess, lapses that you're scared of happening? Because when I look at it, I know you guys have, have some really good defensive backs, Malik Uh, shorts. I mean, 34 solo tackles this season. Um, You've got good linebackers, Latham and and Gill. Gill, 25 sacks on the season. We've only got 19. So is there anything on defense looking at maybe, uh, maybe our quarterback's performance last week that really concerns you going into the game. Yeah, so I don't know a whole lot about your quarterback, So, but I will say that um, I guess if I – and Lane, correct me if I'm wrong, what you think. Um, I think our biggest weakness on defense, and I don't even think it's that big of a weakness because I think they just released today. We're like um, number 43 in the top 50 defenses, so our defense is really good this year. But I think if our if our if we had to pick a weak spot – Maybe the secondary. Um, would you agree or disagree on that, Lane? Yeah, you know, looking at it, when 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 you look at the games that we played, right, the biggest plays other teams have had have come by throwing the football. We hadn't really had. I mean, I knock on wood. We pretty here, much stopped the run. Had a, we hadn't really had a running back just go off on us this year. Knock we on we wood. just hadn't. Our defensive line is our strength of our of our defense. That's the biggest strength is the D line. Now, what's helped us? Now, that's not saying our secondary is bad, but it's just saying right. the D line is the strength 
Um, what has helped us is we've had a really good pass rush. You mentioned the sacks there. You know, we've had several guys get, you know, get in there and have a lot of sacks. Our big guy, our big sack guy is Dom Kiwan, number seven. So if y'all watching, you know, I'm assuming you'll be watching the game. Number seven, Kiwan for us, he's kind of our pass rush specialist. He has seven sacks this year. Um, you know, and he, he usually gets them in the biggest moment. I mean, he's usually at least rushing the quarterback, you know, putting pressure on him, forcing a rush throw or getting a sack in a huge moment. I can think of multiple times where it was a big, like, third down and he got a sack, you know. And so he seems to show up in the big key moment. Um, we have a corner that, you know, Eric Scott is a guy that when the game's on the line, it's like a cheat code for him and he's really yeah. good. But, um, like, literally, like, he – he plays pretty good the whole game, and then all of a sudden it's the biggest play of the game, and he picks it off. Uh, yeah, he just – I don't know. The ball kind of finds him in the biggest moment. And he's hes doing good so far. But, again, the biggest plays we've had against us have come in the passing game. Look back last week, just a week ago, you know, um, we pretty much had Texas State dead to rights the whole night on defense. Like, they couldn't, they couldn't move the ball at all. <laughs> we were just all over them. And we get down, and the problem was we couldn't move the ball at all either. So we were kind of – I guess that's my biggest fear more so than, than that defense, is our offense, yeah. not, our offense making the defense stay on the field forever, you know. Uh, but we couldn't move the ball either. So it was just a defensive slugfest, I guess. And, mm-hmm. you know, we get down there and we – I can't remember if we turned it over on downs or through a pick. We did something – Somebody fumbled, something happened. We gave them the ball with like five minutes left, or it, it was less than five. It was probably three minutes left to go in the game. Um, it's killing me not having my stats pulled up right in front of me. I've got them on my phone. <laughs> I'm used to I'm used to recording on my phone and having a computer with all the stats just right there, but I'm doing my best here. So uh but anyway, we give them the football. The game is on the line. Our defense has been lights out all night, and they drop back and they throw it's like third and forever, and they throw a prayer up. And their kid, it was Shorts. Shorts, who's our probably our best defensive player. You mentioned him. He's he's the leader of our defense. He goes for the pick and missed it. They catch it for a touchdown. And, you know, they took the lead right there at the end, and they're getting ready to storm the field and stuff. We've been just absolutely just sputtering on Cut offense. Punched, you know, yeah. fans, fans are calling for – you know, fans were mad at the quarterback. We got a freshman quarterback. You know, I'm sure you know freshman. that. Well, we kind of do. We kind of have a rotating door right now. But the the one that starts it is the freshman. And we think he's is a that special Wilkie? player. Is that his Wilkie. name? Wilkie. Yeah, Zach Wilkie. Um, You know, he's had his big games and he's had his off nights. And, uh, you know, people were all upset with his play and stuff in the game. Then all of a sudden he comes out and throws a touchdown pass with less than a minute on the clock, and everybody's like, Wilkie is a god, you know. So it just – I never doubted him for a, a minute. <laughs> yeah, never doubted him for a minute, baby. That's never everybody, doubted. you know. But, uh, I told y'all. But, you know, you mentioned the two-lane game, how good he looked there. Here's the biggest difference, Okay. The two-lane game, two-lane had zero sacks on the night. So, when you got a freshman quarterback, that makes a big difference. So, to me, I know you didn't ask about our offense, but our offensive success is can we block your defensive pass rush and give our kid time to make plays? 
Mm-hmm. And on defense, it is can we rush her? I think it comes down to rushing the quarterback on both ends. Can y'all put pressure on our freshman quarterback and force mistakes? Because he's made a few. You mentioned the turnovers. He's thrown eight picks this year. So can you pressure him? And in turn, can we get pressure on your quarterback who just had a big week last week? So I think it kind of goes back and forth there. Again, similarities because we we just had um, a fifth year senior in Levi Lewis. I think his record was like thirty six and five, winning his oh, quarterback wow. in Louisiana history or UL history, and he he's gone. So we've kind of gone through uh, sort of a back and forth between Chandler Fields and Ben Woldridge. Uh, ben Woldridge is a, I believe, Nick. He's a junior. Uh, he's a junior, right? I believe he's a junior. Yeah, junior. He's a transfer from Fresno State. Played backup last last year and. Um, Chandler, I believe, is a redshirt sophomore who was part of one of Billy Napier's recruiting classes, and to play behind, and he played behind Levi. And so Chandler was named the starter, and then Coach Des would put Ben in every third drive. Well, I think the South Alabama game, the first drive, Chandler hurts his throwing shoulder, and Ben basically took over, and we lost that South Alabama game in the last second field goal. But you could see improvement uh, with the way Ben played, and then we got a ten day bye. We go to Marshall on the road as underdogs, and Ben Wolders just tears it up. Um, I think what was interesting about our quarterback play, and to allude to your defensive, um, your defensive scheme and your your fast secondary, is that's that's going to be the, the key matchup I think in this game is our passing game versus your secondary. Um, mm-hmm. We were always kind of a run first team. We we we've always run a run balanced attack. We've always had a reputation for having good running backs, a few of which are in the NFL right now over the last five years. So we always ran the ball first, and it always set up for the pass. Well, now we have four new starters on the offensive line, so now it's the opposite. Now we're playing a pass balanced attack, and we're setting up for the run because yeah. we're trying to give experience to to our our uh, our offensive linemen and, right. and new running backs. We lost two to the portal last year to P five schools, so. I think that's going to be a great matchup because if your defensive line is as good as you say they are, I mean, we really have no choice but to try to throw the ball. And that's going to, I look forward to that matchup just to kind of give you guys an idea of what our offensive identity is. Um, you know, our receivers are pretty, they're pretty well established. They're, they're veteran, they're a veteran group. Um, they really haven't come around until. I believe the Marshall game, right, Nick? I mean, they really hadn't done much before then. Yep. But what I will say, and that that is unique about our wide receiver core, or or the not wide receiver, but just receiving in general for our team, is I I took a look at some of the stats. You guys have four players that have ten ten or more catches this season. We have eleven players with ten or more catches this season. Wow. So we spread the ball around through the air a lot. So, like Jerry was saying, I think if we're able to to pass and, and open up the run and force you guys to respect the pass, then I think we'll have a little bit more success uh, than we did earlier in the season. But if you guys are able to shut that down, um, then it'll be a rough go for us. But when you're throwing it to a potentially 10, uh, 11 guys on the field at any given time, we've got three uh, tight ends that can all catch the ball. That's really hard to game plan against, right? So do you sell out to to try to force us to throw or do you do you try to cover those guys and, and allow us to to run the ball? It's you know, it's a it's yeah. a chess match at that point. Lane will, Lane will tell you, I think that tight ends are the most underutilized player on the field. Throw Church to the damn tight, tight end. I wish Josh were here right now. I wish Josh were here right now. <laughs> Josh is listening. He's about to comment right now. It's coming. <laughs> Like there's tight end fans and then there's Chuck. Chuck is I'm a tight saying, end I mean, fanatic. 
we do a section on our show where you pick a player of the game, and if a tight end had over one catch, Chuck is picking him for his player of the game every time. I mean, we got a good tight. We got some good tight ends. I'm just saying. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and you mentioned your offensive identity. Ours has been Frank Gore. <laughs> you know, and uh, that name sounds familiar because his daddy Rightfully is the so. Frank Gore. Right. So, yeah, he was on my my fantasy team. I'm old enough to have Frank too. Gore in my fantasy team. So. <laughs> yeah. There you go, man. Team. He was like an Iron Man. I had him on my team yeah. for like I was in a dynasty league. And I had him on my team for like ten years or something. It was nuts. And he but, still put uh, up, still put up stats after that long too. Ironically, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. He was a stud, and uh, and uh, so we got Frank Gore obviously, and he'll play running back, and he plays he plays quarterback some too now, and he can throw. He. It's it's called a super back. We do that where we stick our running back at quarterback, but he was a quarterback in high school, so he can throw enough to hurt you. Obviously, it's not quite like having your normal quarterback in there, but we will put him in there some as a super back, is what hey, we call it. I think I think half of Cajun Nation wanted to send the guy flowers after what he did against Louisiana Tech last year on their yeah. senior night. <laughs> that I, like we we oh, all yeah. turned into Southern Miss fans amazing. that night. It was yeah. it was a thing of beauty watching him just go up yeah. and down the field and just yeah. dominate yeah. that team. That was I, I that was yeah. that had to have been the performance of the year in my book for to sure. Do that was a good. So so one question yeah. I want to ask you guys, um, kind of staying in line with with offense because you guys turned the turned the page on that. I noticed one stat that stood out to me was uh, red zone touchdowns. You guys are seven for 20 in touchdowns in the red zone. So it's, uh, uh, but, but when I look at the other stats, when I look at rushing yards gained, uh, you guys have a thousand fifty five on the season. You guys have, um, you know, 1400 passing yards on the season, but you can't seem to punch it in. Is it, is it, do you think it's a play calling issue? Is it a personnel issue? Why do you think you guys struggle so much in the red zone this season? Play calling. Sure, my, you want take or you want me to? Play calling all say? the way. I said play calling all the way. I mean, uh, what was that? Uh, was it the Liberty game? We were on the goal line and they ran it up the middle three times. Like same play three times and it didn't work. Um, but Lane is offensive coordinator by trade, so I'll, I'll let him uh, answer There we this go. Question. Put some pressure on me, Chuck. Thanks, yeah. buddy. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I'll say this. We have really two big receivers in Caston and Brownlee, Brownlee, and then we got Gore. Mm-hmm. And the problem is when you get down there and you condense the field. Now, it's tough to cover them because you got a running back and two big-time receivers, and you do. And we had a kid had a breakout game the other night, Ty Mims, and we hope we hope that's a common occurrence for him. But when you only have three of those really go-to guys and you get down there in the red zone, I'm not saying the other guys aren't good, but we hadn't utilized them like we've used the others, you know, Gore and Brownlee and Caston. When you get down there in the red zone and all of a sudden you're in tight quarters, it gets a little bit tougher, you know, to fit it to those guys. And, um, yeah, for whatever reason, we just hadn't. We've had – Let's see. We've thrown interceptions down there. We fumbled down there. We tried to we tried to score down there and just been just been kept out for whatever reason. You know, we've we've done different things down. We tried a lot of different stuff and it hadn't worked out at times down there. But um, now that you put the stat on it, that is a pretty bad stat for us there. Yeah. I, and well, looking back at the old games, like I get it. Like 
yeah, I remember us being in the red zone multiple times and missing big opportunities. It's just mm-hmm. for whatever reason, it's happened. So and real quick, who who did Wilkie throw that game winning touchdown to against um Oh, it was Chandler Pittman. Chandler Pittman, who's a running back, and he was at wide receiver slot. So I think they're trying some new things. Well, Chandler, he's kind of a hybrid guy. He was a quarterback in high school. We played him at running back at, at one point. He's a receiver, too. On the roster, I think he's listed as a receiver. He's played a little bit of everything. He's a Swiss Army knife kind of all, guy. All the roster he's is listed hurt, as a running back. I just looked it yeah. up. Oh, I got you. But he's been hurt, though. So he's been out um, a pretty good bit. And he he just came back a couple weeks ago, and he had a big play. But yeah, I find that so. I find that Will Hall has done a really good job. Um, he he's really experimented offensively. I, like you talk about playing Frank Gore at quarterback, and he's kind of run different types of formations. He's not afraid to put in another quarterback if he has to. Right. What is the offensive identity as a whole, and and what do you? I mean, look, I mean. Lane, you're you're an OC. I mean, what what is what do you guys think about that? And is it could it does it help? Does it hurt? Because sometimes, when obviously, as you know, I mean, if you start playing crazy personnel, it can backfire. But at the same time, yeah. it seems like Will Hall is sort of a mad scientist in his own way too, because what he does, it works. Yeah, he's like the opposite mad scientist of Mike Leach. He's like the running version of Mike Leach. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he does. Like he experiments with ways to run the ball. Uh, our offensive identity to me, obviously Gore is probably our our biggest, he's our workhorse on offense. So we find ways to get him the football. So he is one, uh, Jason Brownlee to me is, is probably the biggest big play guy we got. So, um, Jacarius Caston is a receiver that's taking advantage of a lot of attention being on Brownlee and he's kind of. You know, in fantasy football where you draft the receiver, like you draft the receiver that's on the team that just got the stud because you assume he's about to get some matchup nightmares, that's what Caston's done. And so he's kind of come on as that guy too. And so basically our identity to this point has been this. We had a quarterback competition to start the season and a guy broke his arm in the quarterback competition against Tulane. Mm-hmm. So the freshman ended up a little more pressure than what he probably anticipated when he got there. He's had bright spots, and he's had spots where he's looked like a freshman. So we think he'll be a special player one day. He's just had his moments. But right now the identity has been get the ball in Gore's hands a lot. We got another running back, too. He's a transfer from Mississippi State, Janari Dean, uh, number 28. He's more of a bruiser back where Gore is more of a knife it in there and be slippery kind of back. So – you got Gore and, and uh, Janari Dean. Those are the two running backs. We try to slam it in there and run it with them a lot, find ways to get Gore the football every chance we can. And then in the passing game, it's, you know, take a big shot to Brownlee and then feed Caston. That's pretty much it. So they're going to take shots downfield to Brownlee because he's the biggest big play threat we got. He'll go up and go get it over people. He, he's shown he can do that in the past. Um and Jacarius Caston's more of the quick guy, put the ball in his hands and let him slip through and make a play. So basically it's been feed Gore as much as you can. And then in the past game, try to find a matchup where Brownlee can get a one-on-one matchup and take it. If not that, feed it to Caston. That's kind of been our identity as an offense. 
And we've had a revolving door at quarterback. We put door back there at times, just a way to get him the ball more. We've uh we got Jake Lane, who's a backup quarterback, and he he started out the season as what Chuck, third, fourth on the depth chart, and he's kind I, I of been sprung to action now. And he's a yeah, and he's a um he's a guy everybody loves him. He just comes in kind of like um he did this against Arkansas State. We were struggling on offense, and we throw him in there. And he comes in there, and he looks like Shane Falco versus Dallas. He just walks <laughs> in, just kind of like the guy don't have he don't have gloves, he don't have sweatbands, his whole arms are just bare, and he's wearing number twenty four. And he comes yes. out there behind yes. the center, and it's just like, let's go, you know, and just kind of rock and roll. And we score two times in a row and beat Arkansas State with him in there. And it was just right. Nuts. I re- I remember. I wait. So I turned that game on. Uh, at that time because I was doing some scouting on Arkansas state and, and it was like 19 to seven. And I was telling this to Kara Ritchie uh, last week. Um, she came as a guest speaker, you know, on behalf of Arkansas state's football team. And um, they were, we're in a group, we're in a group, uh, group Twitter DM. And um, <laughs> one of the Southern Miss fans said something like, Oh, we're going to go two and 10 and Will Hall doesn't know what he's doing. And right <laughs> when he says that Jake Lang comes in, two straight touchdown drives and and you guys win the game <laughs> and it was back to what you said i, I, I knew I it all along i knew it i, I told it you <laughs> yeah <laughs> but what was funny was when jake lang went and i was so confused because he was number 24 so i'm like is that a free safety that's going in is he <laughs> is it the frank gore experiment with this guy like is so so he's a freshman quarterback for for them no he was there last year he's a walk-on yeah. quarterback who was a scout team quarterback and ended up being a starter at one point in the season last year. And he just, he rotates in some, he's a great kid from what I've been told in the interviews I've seen. He's just a good kid, a good teammate and just shows up and does his job as scout team quarterback. Next thing you know, here he is. He's out there in the game on Saturday. If he's not on the field, he's got a clipboard or iPad, and he's right there with the quarterbacks in Hall, and he's, I mean, he's coaching them up. Like he wants to be He's an active kid. He's going to be one heck of a coach one day. Yeah. You need guys like that. <laughs> you need you need you need guys like that. You know, I um I have to ask um since this is our first conference matchup officially against uh you know our two schools, what what was your perception of of Louisiana back in the day? Because like you said, you know we're kind of rivals in baseball. We've played each other in basketball every once in a while. We played each other in football quite often in the eighties and nineties. Uh, what? What was your perception of the Cajuns, and what do you guys think about being in the same conference as us? Chug, well, you go first. Yeah, actually, I don't know if y'all saw this, but uh, breaking news. Um, Lane, did you did you see it? Who's uh, doing the coin toss for the Southern Miss Raging Cajun football game? Please tell me, Brett Favre. Is it Danny Lynch? It's Danny Lynch. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be wow. kidding me. It's not. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> man. Look, yeah, look, literally, that. right here. Look at this. Here we go. <laughs> we love Danny Lynch at Hattiesburg. Let me tell y'all something. We that back Danny Lynch to a T at Hattiesburg. He yes, is our dude. Did. And we know y'all hate him, but we love Danny Lynch at Hattiesburg. He is a celebrity to us. And mostly oh, he's for something. Laughter, we know it was not sportsmanship like, yeah, well, but we had a lot of fun at that game. I was there. Did. Chuck was there. Yeah. We were. It was. We crazy. loved Danny Lynch. No, that was not a fun game. That game was <laughs> horrible. Was, what are you talking was, about? <laughs> that wasn't fun. 
I love the saying. It makes you feel any better. The guy who hit the walk-off, he's still playing baseball. He's in the minors right now for the Warriors. Yeah, yeah. It was a player that did it. I'm glad Josh isn't on the stream right now because he'd be he'd be going insane right now. In fact, he is going insane right now. Just not in our conversation. Okay, I'm sorry. What was the Go question? Go ahead, Chug. It was yeah. what was our thoughts of of Louisiana going into? I guess oh, okay. going into the Sun Belt and now just in general. Yeah. So I, I have a, a soft spot for softball as well. So uh, y'all had a phenomenal softball team um, back in the day. Um, and so we come down there and watch a lot of games. Uh, I, you know, do y'all, do y'all eat, sleep and breathe crawfish? I mean, I don't know, you know? Uh, yeah. 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 I guess, I think, I guess you could say that. Yeah. You could say that. Yeah. yeah. No. So like, I'm excited about this, um, getting to know you guys better as a, <laughs> as a school and as fans and, um, maybe, maybe we'll get some football stories. Maybe Danny Lynch will suit up and play tight end for us <laughs> Saturday or Thursday. He's going to walk into the end zone. <laughs> yeah. There would, th- there's one targeting running. call for sure. against <laughs> Danny Lynch. So let him play, bring him. <laughs> Danny. Uh, so I'll say this. I speak for myself, I guess. And most Southern Miss fans, I think would say the same thing. Um, I respect Lafayette. In sports, absolutely. I, do. I think Lafayette has a great baseball program. Uh, you got, I mean, honestly, I've looked at Lafayette for a long time as being Louisiana's version of Southern Miss. <laughs> to be honest with you, uh, great baseball program. You guys have hosted regionals. We've hosted regionals. You guys take a lot of pride in your baseball team. We take a lot of pride in our baseball team. Blue collar. Uh, you guys have had your, you've had your years in football. What y'all started the season with like the longest winning streak in the country, huh? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, uh, we were at 15 games, and then of course Rice had to ruin it for us, and then we got yeah, to a losing right. streak. But that's that's in the past; it's over. Yeah, it's in the past. We'll move on. We, we, so yeah. I feel like we need to unpack that later off air. But, <laughs> 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 but uh, but yeah, so um, you know, I just you know, you guys have had your years in football. You've had your you're consistently good in baseball. You've had your years in football. We've obviously had a heated rivalry. Danny kind of threw a whole bunch of gas on that fire that night, uh, mm-hmm. which, for the record, it did look like your kid threw at our kid before. Now, <laughs> we can we can do this whatever. Our, good guy, our kid couldn't hit the side did. of a barn, bro. No, like, that, yeah, that wasn't on He purpose. wasn't aiming. He couldn't. <laughs> that, that, I mean, come on, I'll man. He is. walked like 14 guys in a row. We're not going to get into this. I was yeah. say, I'll say this. He's not here regardless, anymore. Just to let you know, so you yeah. don't have to worry about it. Yeah, regardless, we – uh. We backed Danny on it. We probably shouldn't have, but we did uh, because it was just – I don't know. But anyway, moving on, we'll we'll, we'll get past that. But you guys, uh, we respect the heck out of y'all in sports. At least I do. I think, um, you know, we obviously had a heated rivalry with Louisiana Tech. I, I view us as being – us with you guys, I view it as being a really big rivalry in the Sun Belt. Mm-hmm. I think it will be. Um, and that's more coming from a respect standpoint than anything else because I view right. I view Louisiana Lafayette as kind of, of another version, Louisiana's version of Southern Miss. I do. All right. Look, and Lane, you're making my ears bleed, bro. Just I go with Louisiana. Lafayette, I'm sorry. Just, <laughs> now, now, man, just go with Louisiana. I will. I he, tell you warned what, you. he warned you. We got you. it, man. If you, if you can get this right, you can have as much crawfish as you want next time you guys play at home. I will okay. cook a jambalaya. You name the meal. I got you, man. Yeah. Just Louisiana. Um, 
We got well, this recorded. Case, yeah, it's Louisiana all Look, day. Yeah. As you can see, our fans <laughs> are losing their crap right now. So we're just, know, just I Louisiana. I, had, I didn't know there was crawfish and, and stuff on the line here. My bad, man. I'm <laughs> no, focused here. Let me get down back see us big so, guys. As I, I said, see us in Louisiana having a fantastic <laughs> rivalry in the Sun Belt. I there you go, man. Happening. Perfect. Um, I think it's just a close drive. I think it's two competitive teams. I think we're both mm. good in the same sports. Uh, I see a lot of big time matchups happening between our two programs. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and that was the thing. Like before, before Southern Miss joined the Sun Belt, a lot of our fans would ask, "Why don't we play more often in football?" I mean, it's you know, do a bunch of home and homes every few years. Right. Do the even if it's not every year, maybe every four to five years, home and home, or, mm-hmm. or maybe two home and homes. I always kind of wondered that, but now it's almost to the point where now we're in the same division. I mean, it's every, it's every year. So, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll, I think Nick and I will agree um, lane to your point. It's kind of the same thing with us. There's so many similarities between our programs and there's a lot of pride in our programs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know the Southern yeah. Miss fan base, you guys are very passionate about your team. You know, you're kind of in the shadow of two SEC powerhouses, whereas we're in the shadow of one to the we call them to the school to the east of the basin, right? <laughs> and so we kind of have to grind for everything that we earn. And and, yeah. and I think I, I to be honest with you, you know, seeing what Southern Miss accomplished, like I said before, in the in the '90s, in the early 2000s, to get Nebraska to come to Hattiesburg, to get Illinois, a team that won the Big Ten the year before, to go to Hattiesburg, to get these big P5 schools to play you, that's that's respect. That's respect. And, and, and not only play you, but lose to you. Like, you beat a lot of those schools. Mm-hmm. And so th- that to see, to see that model come to fruition and to see the fact that you want to be in our conference. I mean, again, we, Nick, I mean, how, how, for how long do Cajun fans want to get the heck out of uh, the Sun Belt? And now we're all like, we're happy where we are. Well, I think, <laughs> and well, I think the reason that we have so much in common is because I, I know, and I've, I have some friends who are Southern Miss grads and fans, and they say the same thing we did in 2000, what was it, 11? Or whenever it was when the first wave of realignment went in. Middle Tennessee left us, Western Kentucky left us, the two FA, FIUs left us, and we were left here going, uh, uh, we're inviting Georgia Southern? Like, that's yeah. who our competition's going to yeah. be? We felt left behind. And I know Big East, you guys, I feel like you were a good fit for the Big East, and then that all went to crap, and then you guys are are still in CUSA, as I think it, it was a founding member. You've been there for so sure. long. Yeah. and then And then you kind of feel the same way at at the point where like like north really north texas is going to the aac like yeah, nice. i feel like i Charlotte. feel like you guys and we were more a, a fit culture wise and success wise than than a, a, a unt and an fau or whoever they invited i don't know but yeah. the the point is it feels good to be wanted right it feels mm-hmm. good to to we were we were happy to stay in the sun belt because we knew that adding you guys was going to make us better and make us better than the AAC. So that just that speaks to your 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 program as a whole and the and the the and just like Marshall, just the the years of of being winners and being a winning program. Um, we're excited to have you, man. And um, once you get that name thing right, we'll we'll be cool. But uh, look, like I said, um, 
I I think this is this is just going to be great for college football in general because you can go and watch your SEC game or whatever and it'll be a full stadium, but you can't tell me that those guys are are five star players are are a more entertaining game than what we've been seeing all season. That four overtime you know, game against Liberty. Liberty. I mean, that there, yeah. you guys coming back and, and kicking Arkansas State's ass in the fourth quarter. That's fun to watch, right? Yeah. So, um, so that's what I'll you guys honest, bring. We still don't know how we've won these past two games. How did we just beat Arkansas State like that? Like, we walked out of the stadium well, like, did I just <laughs> see that? You know, and, and you know, I got it's interesting because 10 years ago, let's be real, right? And and I don't want to put words in your mouth when I say this, but when you look at where Conference USA was with Houston, oh. Cincinnati, Tulsa, and now you look at <laughs> where they've gone. Of violence on the death <laughs> right. Sorry. It's, it's so interesting. It's interesting to us because, you know, 10, 15 years ago, if, if somebody brought up to you, hey, do you want to go to the Sunbelt? You probably would have laughed at him like, no. what? Sunbelt? Yeah. And now, like, you want to be here and mm-hmm. it just goes to show you the perception of our conference and the uh-huh. fact that you want to be associated with us. And, and what's interesting is it's kind of, I don't know if you want to call it karma, but look at, look at the way conference USA's turned out. Okay. They just added yeah. Kennesaw state. Like yeah, who, who, who? and I know who they are, right. but the baseball team, but really yeah. Is, yeah. is that, that that's how you're going to try to survive. So I will say this. I'm sure you're happy that you're not, you're oh, yeah. not in conference USA anymore. Yeah, we Wholeheartedly. are. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll say this too. I think the Sun Belt. Yeah. I mean, if you had, if you had asked me years ago, Hey, you have the chance to go to the Sun Belt. I would, honestly, and this is going to sound bad. I would have been like, why don't we do that? That's going down. But now like, and, and I think you can attribute it to the Sun Belt teams doing what they've done over the years, you know, mm-hmm. like um, you've got coastal Carolina, they they won a college world series. That's a big deal for baseball. You know, you look at um you know, you look at you guys, you've hosted baseball regionals. You know, you look at Coastal Carolina and what they did in football. Uh you look at South Alabama, you're in and you're out. They're good at baseball and they're up they're I feel like they're on the rise in football. Um so you look at a lot of these schools and yeah, I mean, heck, you guys had the longest winning streak in the country at one point in football. Mm-hmm. You know, like the Sunbelt has done this really. And and I think Sunbelt leadership has been good. I think the Sunbelt's made great moves and added programs that were on the rise. And the Sunbelt was able to see that before it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the Sunbelt's pretty much made a name for itself and made it better than, than a lot of other conferences. And I could see us passing AAC in a heartbeat. I hope well, we do. It's just, I'm mad at the AAC still. So well, we, well, we're not thank, really. We're but, thankful. We're thankful now. Well, at first, at first we were angry, but then now we look at who they added and we're like, no, no, mm-hmm. you're, we're fine. Go right, yeah, please. You know? Because really, what the Sun Belt did, and, and and credit to to Carl Benson, the former uh, commissioner, and now Keith Gill, is he went after tradition. He didn't go after markets, right? Mm-hmm. Hattiesburg, Lafayette, Boone, North Carolina, Conway, South Carolina. We're not Dallas. We're not Houston. We're not Phoenix. We're not Miami. We're not Charlotte. Right, but what we do have is tradition and mm-hmm. we have a loyal fan base. You go look at a rice game, no offense to any of those schools, but you look at a rice game, you look at the attendance at a Charlotte game, you look at a, at the attendance yeah. of an FAU game. There's, there's nothing there, yeah. you know, even Tulane up until this year, 
until they got into the top 25, really didn't draw. And I think that's one thing that the Sun Belt has done is instead of going after these, you know, it's almost like there's a running joke within the Sun Belt fan bases is basically if if you have an air if you have a city a college in a city that does that has international flights, the AAC is going to invite you. <laughs> but yeah. overall, I mean, what who get who really produces the better product? Right. I mean, would you rather watch UTEP play? Or I'm sorry, would you rather play watch North Texas play Charlotte, or would you rather watch maybe Southern Miss versus App State? Right. Mm-hmm. That's well, that's the model the Sun Belt went after. Too, and and I think thankfully there's kind of been a culture shift too. Like you look at, um, you know, College Game Day is going to be at Jackson State University Saturday in Jackson, Mississippi. Um, Saw that. Yeah, they're starting to realize that, uh, you know, that not SEC schools have talent. They have position players and they have fans and they have all this tradition. Um, so I, I think I think it's kind of been a culture shift too. And I think all I, I can't think of a single bad SBC school right now. Like I honestly can't. Like I think we're all building a program or rebuilding a program or but COVID think, Carolina is a fraud, but we'll leave it at that. <laughs> I, see, they're new to us, so we're we're we're, we're learning. Oh, you, you learn yeah. fast. Don't worry. Yeah. After you hear our fan base talk about them, you you'll learn. Okay. Uh, yeah. We're still. You talk about still being sour about certain games. We're still sour. They canceled on us in that 2020 championship game after oh, yeah. our team had already traveled and flown to South Carolina. By the way, we were at the hotel. I had no idea about any of this. Yeah. Well, they told us you'll learn. <laughs> we'll talk about it enough. You'll hear. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about it enough. It's kind of a running joke, but but no. To your point, um, we we do have a, a lot of proud tradition that that's been fairly new, and um, you know, one thing that you'll notice once you start playing these teams is you'll find some natural rivalries being built up. You already said you hate South Alabama. You've already said we've become a rival in many ways. You know, look out for ULM, Arkansas State, Troy, right? Because mm-hmm. I noticed, I know Southern Miss has always played those teams non-conference, yeah. but now you're playing against those teams for yeah. something, right? You're for, playing yeah. against us for like this Thursday night game. You're playing for something. It's not just pride, but mm-hmm. a chance, right. you know, that that's a Sunbelt game. So right. it's – um. You know, I know, I know. Back in the day, Tulane was was the Louisiana school or Louisiana Tech, but uh, I guess you're gonna have to settle for us now, right? Yeah. <laughs> La Tech, La Tech is so mad we we joined the SBC also because they left yeah, and come to Conference USA. And during the baseball tournament, they were just like, I can't believe y'all are going to the Sun Belt. I cannot believe y'all are doing that. So let's just take a second oh. to recognize oh. Jerry's video of their athletic director a couple years ago getting on a Zoom call saying, "We, you know." People like Lafayette, which is this is why we hate why people call us that, by the way. People like Lafayette should pay a premium to come to Comforts USA. You oh, know, wow. uh, we would never step down and go to the Sun Belt. Yeah, that guy's you know, like a that. janitor at Vandy now. So wow. uh, yeah. congratulations on that, bro. I heard that quote. Yeah, I heard that like back when the realignment stuff was happening. I think oh. you posted it. So I'm pretty sure I follow you guys on Twitter now. So definitely I, like did. I followed y'all back during the when y'all said the first positive thing about us during the regional, I was like, hey, conference mates, let's go. And I followed you guys. So I think you posted something about it and I saw it. Yeah. So oh, oh, we, we post it as much as possible to this day because it's yeah. it's ironic. The, the 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 conversation on that was our athletic director had stated because this was during right in the heart of the COVID pandemic when everything was canceled. He basically said, let's find a way in the future for whether it, it you know, 
uh, more of a regional conference, whether it's Conference USA, the Sun Belt, combining some of these conferences to save money on travel costs. Mm -hmm. And so they bring it up to the Louisiana Tech athletic director. And he said, well, there has been no talks. And he said, if I were in Lafayette's position, I would try to move up, find a way to move up to a level like Conference USA. And he said, what they need to understand is none of us are interested in joining the Sun Belt, but in order to be in Conference USA with us, you have to pay a premium. And less than one year later, three Conference USA schools, including you, left <laughs> to go to the Sun Belt. Yeah. And now Louisiana Tech, they burned so many bridges with those comments that, you know, nobody nobody in the Sun Belt wants them anymore. Yeah. And they'll that. be playing I mean, against Kennesaw State. Right. We did not share the same sentiment they did. We, we were did like, not. please take us. <laughs> Get us out of this mess we're you, in right now. You please. can be our stepdad, whatever. Just let us in. <laughs> yeah, like insult us whatever just get whatever. us out of what we're in and get us in something better and we'll be fine i will gladly take a weekend series versus louisiana louisiana i got you all right you're good bro take a weekend series versus louisiana over a weekend series in baseball over north texas you know like whatever yeah, whatever it is over utep yeah. you know we're, so we're, we're we're very it's, excited about the baseball series. So you mentioned the big markets. A lot of people go after those big markets. And that's something I've heard a lot, you know, through all the conference yeah. realignment. And it always bothered me because I always felt like, yeah, you can get the big market and try to chase money there. But really, the culture and the tradition and just the overall atmosphere is way better at some of these other schools. Like, I feel like Hattiesburg has a pretty good atmosphere, especially in baseball season right now because of our recent success. And football, when we start winning again and get it going, that's going to be an awesome atmosphere too. It's going to be good Thursday too. Um, But, you know, we've seen what it can be. I think Chuck and I have, and we're not quite back to that yet. But um, I feel like like Hattiesburg – has a great atmosphere for college sports. And I feel like Lafayette has a great atmosphere for college sports. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. <laughs> Nick's Chuck, looking at me like We're, we're going to get him on the Louisiana thing right? before it's all said and done, man. I'm telling you. Crawfish, Gumbo. Actually, no, actually. I'm talking about your town. I think the town I'm just messing Lafayette with you, Bray. I'm just messing an with you, man. Don't mess this up for us, Lane. For the University of Louisiana. There you go. I like I'm just messing with you. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, I feel like. Can you tell us a little bit about like the town of Lafayette? Kind of like if we come to a game there, what do we need to do? Where do we need to go eat? What do we need to be looking forward to? Like what? Yeah. What, what can we you know, expect when we come to Lafayette to see see a game with you guys? Yeah. So Lafayette is is real. It's we call it the hub city because you've got a few interstate systems that run through it between I ten I forty nine. Then you've got Highway ninety to the south. It's like right in the heart of South Central Louisiana. Um, we're right in the middle of what is called the region of Acadiana, which is the land of the Acadians. Basically, we're right in the heart of Cajun country. So you're going to get the Cajun the Cajun culture firsthand the second you you arrive in the town um as far as you know stuff to do i mean we you know it's 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 kind of like a big city but it's all with the small town mentality or small town feel uh small town vibe you know there's a lot of stuff to do around here that you know if you have white a wife and kid your wife and kids and you want to bring the family to the park or you want to go to a festival there's always a festival going on you can go find certain music scenes at night go get some good live music, maybe some good Zydeco music. 
Um, you know, there, there's places to eat galore, especially in the in the springtime. You know, Lane, you 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 were alluding to baseball season. You're gonna find some good places to get some good solid boiled crawfish. I mean, you, you know, after that's actually something my family and I like to do after some of the UL baseball games. We'll go get some boiled crawfish somewhere close by. And there's it's funny because on our news stations, uh, you know how they show like the tickers um, of the weather and stuff. Well, in Lafayette. On, on a few of our, our news stations, they'll show the, the tickers of the prices of crawfish around town. Who's got the, who's got the best prices of crawfish? I love so that. That's one thing that we, we have is, I mean, any anytime you want Cajun food, there's a lot of good local spots to get some good solid plate lunches, some good solid Cajun food, kind of like you guys have with those fish camps. I know in Mississippi, you're known for those yeah. delicious, I, I love fried catfish. So, I mean, Mississippi's got a lot of those fish camps. It's very similar to here. Yeah. Uh, and you've got some small towns around uh, the Lafayette area that also have that. So, yeah, we, we we pride ourselves on having a good time. Cajun people, we'll, we'll take the shirt off our back for you, but don't cross us, right? Uh, it's one of those things. I was about things. to say that. Just don't cross <laughs> us. Uh, like, for example, calling us Lafayette, man. We might, <laughs> we might be giving you that dead crawfish, man. It might be with the with, with the uh, least amount of meat on it, you know? There you yeah. Go. But, uh, yeah, and I was going to say. The lamp tail ones. Yeah, the one. Yeah, the one exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Now, I was going to say, because I have a pretty unique perspective that I live my entire life in Lafayette. Now I'm in Houston, Texas. But um, look, it's one, it's the culture. I I mean, you can say there's culture in New Orleans, yes, but number two would be us. As far as in the South, the culture is amazing. Um, the food, people from New Orleans drive, take bus tours to Lafayette to eat our food. That's how good it is. Wow. So I would say when you come, um, go on like a, a two-week alcohol free um, zone because your liver will get pickled when you're in Lafayette. And uh, you also probably gain 15 pounds uh, if you spend a couple days there. I'll, I'll say, I'll go back to, we we used to have a, a professional hockey team back years and years ago. We'd, out, we'd draw like 13,000 fans a game. It was absolutely insane. But most of those minor league hockey players ended up marrying a Cajun woman and living in Lafayette. So it's a place go. to love. They're That's still the there. Um, so, uh, yeah, just pre again, prepare your liver and your stomach because it's going to be a fun time for you when you come visit. And, and one other yeah. thing, too, I, I wanted, you know, again, I'm from New Orleans originally, but I got family from around here. My Actually, my last name is Bear, So, of course, I'm, you know, Cajun as well. But New Orleans and, and, and Lafayette, you know, people like to kind of lump them together. They're actually culturally pretty different. Um, New Orleans is more Creole based. It's more of a European culture. Mm -hmm or more of a French European culture here, it's strictly like Cajun Canadian, you know, um, culture where the food's a little bit different. Uh, we always joke in Acadiana, you do not put tomatoes in gumbo. That's one thing we do not do. Uh, whereas <laughs> in new Orleans, the Creole base, you put tomatoes in gumbo and you put other things in gumbo that you don't. So the certain recipes of food, uh, they're similar, but they're different at the same time. So, you know, I just want to let you guys know, like, if you come to Lafayette, don't expect the New Orleans style tourist tourist feel, you know, the vibe. It's a different vibe between the two cities. But either way, you're going to have a good time either way. Can't wait. Yeah. But I, I tell you um, now, uh, but but now, now that we know, um, you know, if we feed you guys crawfish, you got to show us around at some good fish camps down down in Mississippi. Oh, 100 percent. There's some good ones. Hey, I've had my share down there. Uh, there yeah. was Irvis one. is like the capital of. We are. Um, where, like, where, is, where is Chuck that? Chuck lives Purvis. by catfish camps. He, I do. So Purvis is literally about 10 miles, 10, 15 miles south of Hattiesburg. Okay. So uh, 
it's about a 15 minute drive maybe but lt's fish house and purvis if you're ever in this area try it absolutely tell them chuck sent you they'll hook you up <laughs> see yeah. you're, you're a regular down there i am well i am i am <laughs> i am and keg and barrel in hattiesburg too if you ever come to hattiesburg go to keg and barrel um downtown best place in hattiesburg hands down does does hattiesburg have I know it's more of a college town in many ways, but I also know that there's it's a pretty good sized town outside of the school. What is the as far as not just the campus life, but the nightlife, the scene in Hattiesburg from a cultural standpoint? What what is it? What's it like? So Keg and Barrel are two two um Purvis Bulldogs, Purvis Tornadoes, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the nightlife there's let's see, there's Brewskies. Um, it's probably the best. Uh, bar slash place for live music or keg and barrel does a lot of live music you're gonna be around um, a lot of college kids if you go to brewski so yeah, brewski's is the college place. i learned yeah. that <laughs> yeah. so other than that yeah, i've been like, there a couple times but it, i always felt like the old guy so I don't, you are the old guy you are the old guy <laughs> yeah. but yeah our age we go to keg and barrel that that's yeah. the that's the place in my opinion and there's a lot of other good places too um pier 98 down uh 98 highway 98 um what ed's burger joint is owned by robert st john who y'all may know who's a a new orleans chef um he owns uh you know he owns a lot of restaurants I mean, yeah he has ed's and he has tabella and uh crescent city grill that's a great place to yep. eat mahogany mm-hmm. bar yeah he owns all those my um, personal so favorite a- sully steakhouse it's sully's a, is bomb it's a good one it's it's where I go anytime I get to select a restaurant, which actually, if you're married, you know, that happens every once in a while. My birthday, it's nice. I, I <laughs> so believe it, funny you mentioned that lane. I think we went. So the last time the Cajuns played Southern Miss was in 2008. And I believe that's where we went to eat after the game. Okay. Um, yeah. And it was, it was delicious. Um, yeah. But, but yeah. So, so would you, would you guys say, <laughs> and I don't know, I might get a little bias here when I ask you this or from, from you, but uh, would you say it's a better college town than Oxford and Starkville? Oh, a hundred percent. Like it, it's even USA today says that. Not even. It's not even <laughs> I'll put it this I way. It's a lot more laid back than Oxford. Cause uh, I've been to Oxford several times and I mean, you you know, there's a lot to do in Oxford, and there's there's a whole lot more nightlife in Oxford. I mean, they're they're one of the top party schools in the country for a reason. Like for a reason. Got, and Oxford's a pl- fun place to go hang out. Like my wife and I, we we went up there for the baseball region. We enjoyed it. We went around the square and shopped and stuff. Oxford's a pretty fun little college town. Startville to me is so spread out. It's kind of hard to like Hattiesburg's pretty much. There's one, I mean, there's obviously you've got to turn off the road to go places, but there's one main street that basically takes you through most of Hattiesburg, through uh-huh. right down the pipe through Hattiesburg. And it's, you know, it's, I'll put it this way. It's big enough that it's a, it's a college town with a lot of people and it feels small enough that you don't feel like you're going all over the place to get from one place. I'm to not, a, not a Houston. Yeah. So, I will say but, I know. saw Jimmy Buffett perform there one time a couple yeah, years ago. He, so, he, he, he went, went to Southern, Southern Miss. Miss. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty fun. So, I got to meet him. Cool nice. guy. Yeah. No, that's so, fantastic. He hadn't done any. Uh, he hadn't done any felonies, so that's a that's a uh, <laughs> graduate. We can alleged, we can talk about alleged right felonies. Any, uh, fraudulent stuff right now that we know of. <laughs> 
Ray, Ray, Ray Guy's got a clean record too. So he, does. he does. He does. <laughs> so guys, you know, fine, thank you so much for, for coming on and, and spending some time with us. And we're glad that we could give you guys some good content as well for, for, um, for everyday Absolutely. Eagles. But uh, let's get some final thoughts. Um, just kind of let's, you know, before we close it out, we don't, don't want to keep you too much longer, but um, what, what are your predictions for this game on Thursday night? What do you see happening between the Cajuns and the Golden Eagles? And look, free thoughts, free think. Say what say you know. Well, I'm I'm gonna say I think it comes down to special teams. I think I think it's gonna be a field goal separates us. Um, especially the last two games, you know, we won by one point. Um, and then the last game we won by was it six? I don't even remember. Um, but I, I think either way, your side or our side, I think it's decided by a field goal. Truthfully. I don't think it's gonna be a blowout. I think our defensive defensive schemes and defensive games are are too good for it to be a blowout. I wouldn't be a good fan if I predicted us to not win. <laughs> so I'm going to predict us to win, but I do think it's going to be it, – it's going to be the toughest. All right, so of the two Sunbelt teams we've beaten, this will be probably the toughest of the two. I would I would say oh, you guys are better than the two yeah. we've beaten. Obviously, you blew out Arkansas State last week, and uh, and I would venture to say you're better than Texas State. So – uh, we got a work cut out for us for sure. I think it's going to come down to our offensive line and our defensive line. I think it comes down to those two. Can they protect Wilkie and let him get in the rhythm? Uh, can they open up run lanes for Frank Gore to control the football game on the ground? And can our D-line get a good enough pass rush to force your quarterback to make some mistakes? And can they force you to be one-dimensional? So, to me, that's that's the difference in the game, I think, is the is the line play on both sides. So I think it's going to be a tough game for, for us. I do. Uh, I think we'll find a way to win because we found a way to win the last few. I think it'll be an entertaining game to see for sure. Uh, you know, we're proud of our team. We're proud of what they've done the past few weeks and, and the fight they've shown. We've, you know, we've got some fighters that wear black and we gold for other mess. We do. And, you know, Will said it best the other day. He said, you know, we're not a very pretty football team right now. That's what Will Hall said in a post-game interview. He was like, and I mean, this is from the man himself, Will Hall, you know, and he he said, look, we're just not – we're not at a part – at a spot in our program where we're a pretty football team, but we are going to yeah. find a way to get culture wins where right. just our tough kids are going to be tough, hard-nosed kids that keep grinding and find a way to win some games. And uh, And so I think that's what happens. I think it's a tough game. I certainly hope our fan base shows up for a Black Thursday night ESPN game. It's a great opportunity for us to really, I guess, get you know, show that we're here. We're here in the Sun Belt. Know, right. we're here. Our fan supports there. I saw some pictures from opening weekend in the Sun Belt and saw like Marshall and App State and all them, and they were packed. And I just I was jealous. Yeah, I'm gonna call it what it is. I was genuinely jealous because our opening weekend crowd was not packed. And so um I'm hoping these past two wins, I know it sparks some energy in our guys. I know it sparks some energy in our fan base. I just hope it shows up in the stands on hey, I wanna I wanna change my answer if that's okay. Just for your uh is it your friend Josh who's not on tonight, right? Oh, he's watching, but he's oh, not watching. on, but he's watching. Josh, this That's is for you, man. about to talk about a tight end. We're going to throw a game-winning touchdown pass to our tight end, and he's going to win the game for us. Oh, he'd be hurt. He'd be hurt by that. <laughs> yeah, that would upset him, actually. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> Chuck's our tight ends guy and our hot takes. Cavallo, yeah. baby. Cav- Team Cavallo. 
So every uh, every episode we do, we do a pick them, and Chuck every single episode makes some ridiculous pick that's like. How about I've been right? Picks like some huge underdog, and you know what? He's been right like four times this year. Like he has been right multiple times this year, and I I made fun of him on the show about it, and then he'll turn around and he'll be right. And so I don't know. Maybe it does come down to our tight end. I don't know, but (laughs) (laughs) so this this matchup is definitely it's it's going to be a game of of who can make who can make the key play and who can make the least amount of mistakes. I know this mm-hmm. sounds cliche, but with two good defenses, it's, it's, it, it, it it's a, ra- it's a razor thin margin of, of error. Agreed. Um, and, and I think that's what I expect. Um, you know, it's going to be tough for us being on the road. Granted, we did it at Marshall. Um, at the same time, I know Will Hall and that team are, are high as can be right now with those two big wins, especially that's kind of something that, that that's kind of that act, that little spark that the program has needed over the last few years. And I think, you know, you're over 500, you're, you've got a chance to really make a run in the conference. So I definitely understand the excitement as you mentioned, but at the same time, we're kind of in that same boat as well. Uh, you know, we've got, look, we still got a championship to defend, you know, so yeah. we have to definitely, um, go in and take care of business. And I'm, I'm an old school Cajun fan and Nick is too. And I, I remember those beatdowns from Southern Miss. I remember them, man. And, and, and I, I'll, I want, I know Nick, Nick's kind of, Nick, Nick, Nick's kind of gasping. Yo, no, not but, only but I, do I remember them, bro. Like I was running the board at the radio station when I'm sitting in a 55, nothing or whatever score back in 1999. <laughs> like I'm tired of losing to these guys. It's time to win. <laughs> that That's yeah. That, for the old school fans. We want this one just as, as like yeah. redemption from what has happened 20 something years ago. We didn't forget, but <laughs> luckily now we get the chance to redeem ourselves every year. Right. Every uh-huh. year. So, uh, no, we're, we're very excited about that, but, uh, Hey, before y'all go, tell us where, uh, tell us, tell, tell Cajun nation, tell our fans where we can find you. Yeah. So uh, we're, uh, everyday Eagles, everyday Eagles podcast. Um, we're on Spotify, Apple, um, all the streaming services, check us out. Um, we got a really cool interview with Brian Dozier who won a world series with the nationals. Um, we got some great stories from Colin Cargill and Samantha Papp and Lee Roberts and Tracy, a bunch of Southern Miss greats um, that we were able to get on the show. Uh, but check us out, Everyday Eagles on Facebook, uh, Everyday Eagles podcast at gmail.com, I think, maybe. Um, Chuck, we're, we're you mentioned the spooky spectacular we had uh, last week. We did a Halloween special. That's so, your baby. That's your baby. <laughs> yeah, it was my baby. So, um, yeah, and – I think your listeners, obviously, clearly you're uh, Cajun fans, right? So uh, you're probably not that interested in our in our post-game rundowns Tiger and pre-game fans. rundowns for the next one. But there are some some interesting interviews we've had with some guests that, uh-huh. that have been really cool and really fun. And um, I think that would be interesting. You know, I think some of your fans might would enjoy hearing some of that stuff. Right. Um, and so – we yeah. got an episode coming out, I think. Uh, I'll have to get with Pay, but it may be next week. But uh, Michael Gilbert was a baseball player, and they were doing some um, some training on the football field, some kind of CrossFit-style training, and they were carrying a big log. And he tripped and fell, and the log fell and crushed his skull. Um, so he tells his story about how he survived that and two years later stepped back out on the baseball field. And now he's That's a doctor. A 
He's a doctor Every, at the same hospital that, that yeah. saved his life now. So that's great unbelievable. Story. Yeah. Everyone needs to hear that story. That's a good one. That's oh, that's one story. I would highly recommend. It's not out yet. It's coming out soon, yeah. but that's a big one. Um, we're kind of, you know, I, I guess, are we, can we, do we call ourselves rookies still, Chuck? We, we are definitely still this, rookies. We started this back in like baseball. See, well, yeah. I say we. Chuck, they started this podcast a couple of years ago and then COVID hit and there wasn't really any content. So it kind of fizzled a little bit. And um, Chuck and I, we were talking at a baseball game and I just on a whim said, we should get this back up and talk about baseball. And, you know, the next week he was like, but for real though, and, you know, we kind of went back and forth and we got it back up around baseball season. So yeah. we're just, we're still trying to get it up. We're having fun. Yeah, I love seven. I love y'all set up though for sure. Yeah, uh, first class. Well, yeah. thank you. And, and this look, this is this is what four four or five years in the making. So wow. uh, don't don't. I'll just say this: keep grinding. Don't get discouraged. You obviously have the passion for USM sports. Just mm-hmm. keep doing it. I mean, look, we started out, you know, in front of a, a laptop with with one microphone, and and we've turned it into this. And this yeah. isn't. And and we're still working on it. We're still we're still trying to be as innovative as can be nick's uh, they, josh and nick call me the boomer nick and josh are more of the tech guys i, I just i just he's talk. such a boomer I just, I really, yeah, i'm not gonna lie that's us so, that's, that's, that's yeah. no but 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 in all seriousness though keep grinding because uh, you you guys definitely have a good thing going you're very knowledgeable and again you're passionate that's what matters and and look our, our fans are going to listen to you uh, to be honest with you we we get very interested and, and intrigued with other schools in the conference yeah. and what, what, you, what the fan base is, what you're thinking, you know, what's the hot topic within your school and your programs. And, you know, like for example, playing you on Thursday night, we want to hear what, what your, what your fans think. Right. Uh-huh. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I definitely, uh, we will definitely be listening in and, and um, look, we, we hope and anytime we want to come join again and, do another yeah. episode, maybe baseball season. Love uh, it. Yes. Having a video stream is different. It I is. Had like go, we had to put on clothes and everything. I had to go put a shirt on. And like, get my hey, hair I look great. I'm used to just laying around and whatever I got on. And just, I'm usually stacking the whole episode. I was like, I can't be stuffing right. my face. I, I, got a, I got a Christmas tree cake here. I've been waiting to camera. Eat, so. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's awesome yeah that's I, I, I text chuck before it said hey buddy we're on camera uh go put the shirt on let me get dressed let me get dressed yeah turn up turn off turn off the xbox you know make sure you put right. make sure something's behind you right. yeah. yeah yeah well guys um like i said we've kept you here long enough um well let me ask you a real quick yeah, question before you get around where uh so if we could post where does this show is this on twitter is this youtube is this yeah, so uh, easiest way to find us is on uh, YouTube at Rage and Review. We're on there. Um, we'll send you a link after this, but it, it'll archive the whole video there, and then we'll send you guys the audio after. Okay, awesome. We'd love to put it on our Facebook and let people check it out. For sure, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, we'll send you that yeah. link. Awesome, yeah. man. And, and please post away. The more yeah. you post, the more... The, the more influence we all get all together. It's a, it's a team effort. Absolutely. You know, awesome. look... You guys wear black and gold. We wear red, but we're Sunbelt members, man. We got to stick together. That's right. We're family. (laughs) All about the belt, baby. That's right. That's right. Well, guys, thank you all so much for joining us. It's been such a pleasure. And, again, don't be strangers. We look forward. We'll probably do this during baseball season because 
we're both going to be fighting, probably fighting for a regional bid <laughs> or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. God, right. Yeah. That well, hey, we'll be, get, we'll get Danny come to come on for y'all. We'll, we'll call him and say, Hey, come on the show. Yeah. We'll Perfect. let Josh and Danny go back and forth. We'll just, yeah. we'll just <laughs> bring him on. There we'll sit go. back and watch yeah. the fireworks while we right. eat popcorn. There you well, if go. you guys make it to Hattiesburg for any of the sporting events, man, Ever. hit us up. We'd love to go hang out with you guys, go get something to eat or something with y'all before. We'll take it a keg. Be fun. Or, or fish, whatever you want. Hey, done. And that goes for yeah. you guys as well. Yeah. That goes Sounds for you perfect, guys, guys as well when you come to Lafayette. Don't hesitate to call, all right? Good deal. Amen. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. This was a blast. Thank Have a good night, y'all. That was Everyday Eagles. Our, our friends Lane Brady and Chuck McCraney. Give them a listen. Give them a shout out. That was fun. That was fun. That it's was always fun. good to hear other perspectives from uh yeah, perspectives from other um other conference mates, especially the ones that are just coming into the belt because, you know, it's new to them, just like it's new yeah. to us. So it's, it's, it's great to hear their stories and, and uh, you know, how they feel about us. We'll I get them saying Louisiana before it's all over with. I'm, 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 I'm committed to that. <laughs> yeah, Lane, Lane's here laughing, but it's, no, Lane, we're, we're just, we're just giving you a hard time, buddy. But, but in all seriousness, look, I, you know, again, 10, 15 years ago, if, if, you know, the thought of having Southern Miss in our conference seemed like an impossibility. And, and now that they're here, it, it's a team that I've always kind of wanted to model after before we reached that level of success. And it was a team that I figured we, you know, financially and just logistically was, was a no brainer to play. You know, I know schedules are made 10, 15 years in advance, but now it's like, you know, that now that they're here, it, it, it it's almost it's it's a gimme, really. It, it just makes too much sense. Yeah, and and you know you you're saying about we we wanted to be like them. Hell, man, their their fan base. I still want to be like them. Their their support <laughs> yeah. from the community. I still want to be like them. Because like I said, when I when I've gone there for games, you see black and gold everywhere, and you see the the Southern Miss pride at businesses and. Um, yeah, when you go to Walmart, you see, I mean, I even saw some Alabama crap at some of there, but, but regardless, everything you see in Hattiesburg is in your face. They're Southern Miss and we're sorely lacking that. And the, the hope for me is that having a rival so close to home with such great fan support, we can learn some things from them as, as they can learn from us. You know, we're all learning. We're, as you said, we're all Sunbelt conference. So it's time for us to get off our butts and start trying to, to engage and be innovative in the way that we engage with fans. Because I tell you 15,000 against Arkansas state ain't going to cut it. We got to no. do better than that as a no. fan base and as a school and as an administration and as a city of Lafayette, we have got to support our local school, period, end quote. What's ironic is um, they talked about how Will Hall was embarrassed after that Liberty game. I believe the attendance was like 20-some thousand or 20,000. Yeah. So that just goes to show you the standard that they have for fan support. When you're calling a crowd of 20,000 embarrassing, I mean, we had a crowd of 20,000 and we were satisfied with it. Yep. Um, and and and. Not to not to say that's that's not good enough because twenty thousand should be a minimum at, at our games, but it just goes to show you the standard of of fan support that they expect in Hattiesburg and at the Rock and and within the Southern Miss fan base and and also too when they were winning, I remember playing them. Man, I remember playing them back in the day, and they put thirty thousand people in their stadium. I mean, they would do it every weekend, and so I get it. I understand 
where Will Hall's coming from. But I think once he really gets that program going and winning consistently, they'll they'll be back. Their and, fan and base he will. is definitely yeah. there. He yeah. will. And and it's only better for the Sun Belt and it's only better for us. So I welcome it. I'm excited about it and and super, super happy to have them as as part of our conference and division. Well, now- Yeah, absolutely. Well, guess what? Now that they're part of our conference, let's talk about them a little bit. Uh, We discussed, uh, you know, a good portion of the conversation with with Lane and Chuck about this game on Thursday. Um, You know, to be honest with you, I I feel a little optimistic about this game only because I find that Southern Miss, they're still on the they're still climbing. I think there's a lot of room for growth for them. But I also think that I feel like we're just a little more experienced in certain positions. Uh, I think their look, their front seven is solid, just like ours. I think we have the small advantage offensively. Um, you know, they're still kind of playing the musical chairs with the quarterback position. We have a, we have an established quarterback in Ben Wooldridge. Um, they've got some really good receivers, but I think we're a little deeper in the receiving core. And on top of that, the, now where they have an advantage is the run game. But I also think that's a good matchup for our front seven. If we can contain Frank Gore Jr., I think that is a huge advantage for us. So it's really this is a game about matchups. This is a game about field position. And this is a game about who can, you know, make the least amount of mistakes. I mean, this is a like I've said before, a, a game of razor thin margins. Yeah. And 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 look at what we did when we played against Marshall. And I feel like we're gonna come out in the same game plan and and understanding that we have to stop their run and allow them. I mean, again, beat us with your passing game because they've really got two wide receivers that can make plays. But outside of that, it's not super impressive. If you look at Zach Wilkie, he's got eight interceptions on the season. Again, as a team, they've thrown 11 interceptions total versus our four. I think the biggest that that's a big discrepancy. And as I mentioned earlier, they're seven for 20 in the red zone in touchdowns. We're 12 for 20. So we've almost doubled them in the, in the number of touchdowns we've scored in the red zone. So I think defensively, when you're looking at two really, really good defensive teams, who's going to bend first. And I just feel, I feel like they're going to end up containing our running game. I feel like it'll be another Marshall where we're going to struggle to run the ball. But if Ben is Ben, and if he's the Ben we've seen these last two games where he can spread it out again, they've got four players. Southern Miss does four players with 10 or more catches this season. We've got 11. So we are clearly spreading the ball around. And I think if we continue to do that and Ben has good vision and can get the ball to, to open receivers, I think that's a definite advantage for us going into the game. Now, if, if we start doing things like dropping passes, if Ben overshoots players, if if we fumble the ball, because I'm not sure I'm concerned about Ben turning it over, but I am a little bit concerned about our fumble problems. If we start doing that, it could it could go south on us very quickly. But I'm with you. I think we're very even, except for I think we've got a bit of an advantage on offense. Um, but again, they've got a really good defense in comparison. We're ranked 32 in FBS in total defense that are ranked 36. So it'll be a tough going, but I think we have a little bit of an advantage offensively. I think the big question for me this, this Thursday night is how far has the offensive line come in the last three games? And, and they've gotten better since South Alabama. The question is, you know, it's one thing to get 206 rushing yards against Arkansas state, a defense that's really struggling. 
But at the same time, like having a game like that gives you momentum and confidence. So I'm wondering how do they take that rushing attack and bring it into a defense that's ranked 36 in the country? And will we see improvement? You know, I don't know. I think one thing that that was impressive last week was the way our running backs were finding holes that they haven't found all season long, the way that they were lowering their shoulders and getting those three or four extra yards, especially between Jacob Cabote and Terrence Williams, both of them, that, that duo was unbelievable uh, last week. I'm curious to see how they do this week against, against Southern Miss's defensive line and their second level. If they can get four to five yards of carry against Southern Miss's defense, I mean, we, we win the ball game. We yeah, win the and game. I think, I think again, and, and they alluded to it, they, they have, they've got a really good secondary, but they, they give up yards and that's their main concern on defense is that that's a potential issue for them against a, a good passer like Ben. So I think if we have success passing the ball early and we force them to respect the pass, then I think naturally our run game will open again. Like we said last week, our passing game is opening our run game rather than our run game opening our passing game. So I think if that's the case, if we have some success early passing the ball, then I think that takes pressure off our offensive line because they will have to sit back and and respect our passing game. And if that happens in the first, second quarter, I think it'll be a I think that bodes well for our uh, our offensive line and our running game in general. But I think our key to winning this game is controlling the 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 play clock is is, you know, forcing their defense to be on the field as much as we can. I think if we if we're able to do that, then again, things things will go our way. Um, do I think it'll be a blowout? Probably not. But do I think do I think we could run? you know, win by a score or two. Yeah. I think that's not without, you know, outside the realm of possibility. Yeah. I think, I think, it, you know, 10 to 14 points, if we do everything's right, I, I could totally see that at the same time, you're playing at their place. You're playing against a crowd that's going to be hyped up for this game. I mean, it's there, it's nationally televised. And of course, you know, Southern Miss is known in the past to having those type of games at the rock. And it, this is kind of like uh, nostalgic for them because it's their first you know, nationally televised game in a long time and and they're playing, you know, they're, they're playing well right now. Um, I, I think f- right now, as far as um, what you talked about in the first two quarters, I think really the main thing is, is don't make mistakes. Even if you get three and outs, don't, don't turn the ball over. Don't fumble. You know, last week we got off to a little bit of a rocky start because of that. Um, that was where I think you let Arkansas state kind of stay in the game a little bit. And then we took some chances, you know, Des calling that fourth down play where uh, Jacob Bernard came out and scored on that, you know, 45 yard slant from Ben. Um, you know, you had a few big defensive stops and we just ran away with it. You're not going to get away with that in, in Hattiesburg against the Southern Miss team. So yeah, I'm looking forward to this matchup. I want this game badly because, you know, besides the past, look, you win this game, you're five and three and you're on a three-game win streak, and you get a nine-day break before coming back against against the first-placed team in Troy. So this game is very important because if, if you're able to come in a, five, in, a, in a five-day turnaround and win on the road in conference against a team that's pretty hot right now, no telling we can make a run. And look, I'm going to tell every – I know we have hardcore Cajun fans that listen to us, but I'm going to tell you – we need if 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 we happen to beat Southern Miss this week, 
we need every single person that we know to be in that stadium when we host Troy because that is a season-defining game that could – I mean, we're still in the hunt for for the, the Western Division. Like, I get it. It's, it's a long shot, but we win the next couple games, and we're seriously – things could still go our way by the end of the season. So we need as much fan support as we can inside of Cajun Field. So – Bring your mom and them, bring your cousin, invite them. You know, uh, we need to get as many people out to Cajun field, but one step at a time, we got to get through a uh, Southern miss. That's going to be a challenge, but uh, really looking forward to it. And again, so, so happy that there it's a conference game and not an out of conference game this year. Yeah. And also too, going into, if we take care of business on Thursday night, let's root hard for Arkansas state this weekend. They host South Hell Alabama yeah. in Jonesboro. So the, the Sun Belt being the Sun Belt, there's a lot of crazy things that have happened. But uh, if we, if we win on Thursday, um, you know, we, we're going to be Red Wolves fans, uh, at least for this weekend. And their quarterback's coming back, right? Yeah. I think he's, he's, he's coming back next week. So that's not a gimme game by any means this week for them. Then I tell you what. Speaking of which, we got ourselves a little win streak going. What we saw the other day at Cajun Field against Arkansas State was a small sample size of what this team could be. We threw the ball well. We ran the ball well. We blocked well. We covered well. We tackled well. And we also kicked the ball well. Not to mention, we coached well. Well enough to put us back up over 500 for the year so far with a record of 4-3. and three. But the celebration of last Saturday will be a short one as the Cajuns head to Hattiesburg to face a familiar foe in Southern Miss in what I call this short segment, once again, Rivalry Renewed. Growing up as a kid in the 1990s and early 2000s, I always remembered Southern Miss football as a force of nature. We all know the story of what Brett Favre accomplished there, but it was also the Jeff Bauer years after that that put Southern Miss football on the map. To me, They were the original Boise State, a mid-major powerhouse that accomplished so much on the football field with limited resources compared to the Alabamas, LSUs, and Florida States of the college football world, all three of which Southern Miss had beaten during that time. I remember the Golden Eagles being ranked in the top 25 consistently back then as they competed for Conference USA championships, also and Liberty Bowl appearances. And I remember the NFL talent that came out of there on a regular basis. But unfortunately, what I remember most were indeed the beatings the Cajuns endured at the hands of this program. You see, I also viewed Southern Miss as a measuring stick for our own program. If you look at enrollment, budgets, and overall logistics, Southern Miss and Louisiana are indeed very similar. But the direction of the football programs could not have been more opposite. Up until 1995, both programs competed against one another to some epic finishes. For example, most of you remember that 1989 game in Hattiesburg when Louisiana kicker Mike LeMoyne drilled a 50-yard game-winning field goal as time winded down to give the Cajuns a 24-21 road victory and sent Brett Favre and the Golden Eagles into the L column. I'm also sure a good number of you remember the low-scoring 13-7 win in Lafayette in 1993, led by Louisiana freshman quarterback Jake DeLome, which started a run that year, which resulted in an 8-3 and record and a share of the Big West Conference title. Those type of Cajun wins against Southern Mist showed everyone what it could be like over here. But that was only if we had taken those wins and used it to grow the program. 
But unfortunately, we all know what would happen next. The university administration would cut funding to athletics, and the rest is history. And while Southern Miss football continued to rise at that time, Louisiana football dropped and dropped hard. For example, in 1996, a week after the Cajuns had that historic win against Texas A&M, they traveled to Hattiesburg and played Southern Miss to a true letdown game to a tune of 52-27. 1998, in Nelson Stokely's last season as head football coach, the Cajuns lost to Southern Miss to a tune of 55 to nothing. Follow that up with a 48 to nothing schlacking in 1999, and follow that up with another in 2001 to a score of 35 to 10. Oh, and another in 2003 to a score of 48 to 3. Now, there's two more meetings that I can mention, but I think you get the picture. Well, I guess I can only go that far, but I would get depressed, so I'm not. During those, I quote, dungeon years of UL football, I just remembered thinking, what if we could be like Southern Miss? What if we could be ranked in the top 25 and win conference championships? To me, those lopsided scores could not have been more indicative of what it looked like when you put your resources into a program compared to when you didn't put resources into a program like us. Anyway, now that I've brought back those somber memories into your minds, let's take a look at where we are today. After getting tired of these type of beatdowns, the Louisiana administration decided that it was time to make some smart coaching hires and put money into new facilities because as much as it was that Southern Miss was just a good football program, it was also the fact that we were not doing enough to bridge the gap between the two programs. Now, look at the results since then. It's been over a decade's work of increased budgets and new buildings, but it's safe to say that we have caught up through our own share of success, such as winning seasons, conference championships, top 25 rankings, and bowl wins of our own. On the other hand, Southern Miss would recently see their own misfortunes with a few bad coaching hires as well as conference realignment as time and time again, bigger conferences would overlook them as their peers such as Cincinnati, Tulane, and Louisville moved on to greener pastures to places like the AAC and the ACC. But in spite of that, their football program still gleams with pride and grinds daily to get back to where they were just a decade ago. And finally, the Golden Eagles now have a place they can be proud to call home, the Sunbelt Conference. And how perfect for us to now play them on a regular basis. Two programs who were once on the complete opposite end of the spectrum now peers and looking to protect the trail of success that each of them have created. Man, I tell you what, it's exciting to see the Southern Miss Golden Eagles on the schedule once again. Unlike before, I don't look at them as a measuring stick, but now a conference rival aiming for the same goals as us. And on Thursday night, I don't expect the USM walk in the park rental win like we saw in the late 1990s and early 2000s. After all, this is a different Cajuns team going into Hattiesburg. A team no longer a rental win, a team going in to correct the mistakes of the past. And speaking of past, whether it was 1996, 1998, 1999, 2001, or 2003, if legend serves me correctly, Cajuns never forget. I know I haven't. See you Thursday. Go Cajuns. And I tell you what.
Nicely done. Except for making me remember those bad times, man. <laughs> I'm sorry I traumatized all of you and in, in, in our entire fan base on that. But I just want people to remember how far we've come, right? We now, definitely now, have. Now we don't have to worry about Thursday night being a 55 nothing beatdown. Now we can maybe return the favor because we're good enough to do that, right? I'd be good for that, man. <laughs> that would be <laughs> well, excellent. It most likely won't happen. But look, even if it's a five-point win, a one-point win, I don't care. Just win, right? W is a W, baby. Love it. Guys, it has been a pleasure. We want to thank each and every one of you for tuning in and listening. Uh, we'll have this recorded probably tomorrow. Uh, you can check on Twitter, Facebook, all of the different platforms, Instagram. Be on the lookout. And uh, thank you for to Lane and Chuck from Everyday Eagles for joining us tonight. And Cajun Nation, big game on Thursday, 630 ESPN2, Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Rivalry renewed. Louisiana versus Southern Miss. For Nick, for myself, Jerry, Cajun Nation, it's been a pleasure. Have a great night. And as always, go Cajuns. <laughs>